Welcome to the Temple Geek Podcast Who Review. My name is Elizabeth and this is Nate and we are going to try and do a bit more of a Doctor Who heavy podcast for you guys, especially this year with the 60th anniversary coming up very soon. Well, not very soon. We've still got a couple months, but uh, you <laughs> time know, is irrelevant. Uh, you want to introduce yourself, Nate? <laughs> sure. As stated, my name is Nate. I go online as Doc in the Box sometimes. Um, Hoovian, I love a lot of geeky things, and we're here today specifically to talk about Doctor Who. So here's this week in Doctor Who news. <laughs> to start, once in future, Big Finish's 60th anniversary story starts. Big Finish's eight-part story celebrating the Doctor Who's 60th anniversary kicked off this week with Doctor Who Once in Future Past Lives by Robert Valentine. After being injured in the Time War, the Doctor begins to regenerate, but for some reason starts flickering between different past faces. Needing to know why this is happening and who is responsible, the Doctor leaves in the TARDIS to investigate. The first story in this, Past Lives, features Tom Baker as the Doctor, alongside the return of Gemma Redgrave and Ingrid Oliver as Kate Stewart and Osgood. Sadie Miller returns to the role of Sarah Jane Smith, and Rufus Hound reprises his role as the meddling monk. Robert Valentine, the writer of Past Lives, says it's incredibly exciting to be kicking off the 60th anniversary celebration for Big Finish. And in the wider context of this being Doctor Who's Diamond Jubilee, the party begins here. We find the Doctor in the most chaotic situation imaginable. He's been blasted by some sort of degeneration weapon. Meanwhile, the meddling monk has a price on his head. Sarah Jane Smith gets kidnapped and Kate Stewart and Osgood are being menaced by belligerent alien race with plans to relive their glory days. In this adventure, you'll get to visit one or two familiar locations from the Doctor's past and a lot of old faces. Doctor Who Once in Future will release new stories monthly until October 2023, with a final story out in November 2024. Not sure why there's a year gap, but there we are. <laughs> yeah. On my end, we have Target book covers. And uh, for the people in the U.S., that's not Target stores. That's just <laughs> apparently what they're called. Apparently. <laughs> Doctor Who revealed the covers for the five new Target range books due to release in July of this year. These novelizations of past Doctor Who TV stories will join a large lineup of previous books with the Target range celebrating 50 years this year. These books both retell the stories we've already been familiar with and often add new and interesting insights and extra scenes to what was seen on TV. With the new artwork from Anthony Dry on the covers, the list of Target novelizations releasing this year are Planet of the Ood by David Temple, Kerblam by P. Tige? Tige? I hope. For, forgive the pronunciation, I'm not yes. sure. Uh, Waters of Mars by Phil Ford. Zygon Invasion by Peter Harness, novelizing both parts of the story, the Zygon Invasion and Zygon Inversion. Warrior's Gate and Beyond by Stephen Gallagher. Uh, it's an expanded novelization of the 1981 story with a new to print uh, short story. All the Target books have been written by the episode's original writers, and they'll be available starting July 13th of 2023, though multiple retailers in the U.S. have already pushed it back to the July 25th of 2023. So fairly soon, but you still got to wait. Yeah. Hopefully they won't get pushed back much further than that, because for whatever reason, Doctor Who books in the U.S. never come out on time. And I don't know why. It really <laughs> irritates me, especially because I'd like, ha like, I'm sure you can get the digital versions, I'm sure, on July 13th. But I prefer having physical copies of books, especially books that I'm excited about. And I'm very excited about The Waters of Mars, because that is one of my favorite episodes, <laughs> <laughs> especially because the 10th Act just loses it. It's great, and I love it. All right, so Jonathan Groff is in the new season of Doctor Who. 
This week, Doctor Who announced another guest star for the upcoming season, Jonathan Groff. Known for roles such as King George III in Hamilton on Broadway, Holden Ford in Mindhunter, and the lovable Kristoff in the Disney Frozen films, Jonathan Groff will appear in Shudy Gatwa's first series as the Doctor. According to the Doctor Who press release, he will be playing a mysterious and exciting guest role. Jonathan Groff had this to say about joining the show. I am so thrilled to jump into the extraordinary mind of Russell T. Davis and watch the incredible Shudy Gatwa soar in this iconic role. Showrunner Russell T. Davis added, This is an incredible coup and a great honor to get such a huge star striding onto our set. So strap on your space boots. This is going to be a blast. Fans should keep an eye out for set pictures in the coming days, as Doctor Who often only announces new guest stars when filming will take place in public and they will be unable to keep the guests a secret until the episode airs. And with a headline like Doctor Who hits another high note as Jonathan Groff joins, perhaps we're finally getting a musical episode. <laughs> I really hope so. I will make that my entire personality. <laughs> so how'd you get into the show? So <laughs> is a little bit of a roundabout answer. So when <laughs> we'll take the I, long way around, don't worry. Right. Yeah. So I, <laughs> one of my first memories of Doctor Who, I did not realize it was Doctor Who at the time. I just knew that my, I was at my grandparents' house. My grandpa had fallen asleep with BBC America on. And whatever was on the TV was a whole lot more interesting than my homework. It turned out, I didn't know it was Doctor Who at the time, but later, you know, a few years later when I was binge watching the show on Netflix, I was like, that was Doctor Who. Because I realized it was Silence in the Library, Forest of the Dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. And my second run in with Doctor Who was still not when I started watching the show. My We used to have like Sunday dinner at my grandparents' house and they had BBC America and they had recorded Possible Astronaut for my aunt and uncle, who are huge Doctor Who fans. And so they started playing it. And of course, Impossible if you know what is going on in Impossible Astronaut, it is freak out worthy because what the heck is going on? The doctor is getting shot and then he starts regenerating and then he dies and, da, 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 you know, and then he pops back up again. But sitting there as somebody who had no idea what was going on, seeing my aunt and uncle freak out, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> I was like, mm, nah, you know what? I'm, I'm, you, you, you have fun. This is a little too much for me. But then my senior year of high school, which I graduated in 2012, one of my friends was like, oh, you, you would probably really like Doctor Who. You should watch it. And I was like, all right you know I was like I'll, I'll give it a chance and so I went on Netflix and started binge watching it and you know kind of the rest is history even you know up to the point too where I was watching it downstairs on my computer um, I remember and I got to the end of the stolen earth and I freaked out so much that my parents were like you you can't watch another episode today you, you're you're done and I'm like what the cliffhanger <laughs> <laughs> so I got into it. The first um, season that I saw go out, you know, live was Maximus last season. And I've just been keeping up and reading comics, listening to the audios, reading the books ever since. So kind of took over my life a little tiny bit. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get into it? I got into it. I, I knew about Doctor Who for... <clears throat> A long time. I was familiar with uh, the Fourth Doctor's scarf and that look and everything. I always liked the look of Romana too, like with the the actually the outfit you wore with the the pink yeah. and everything. Like 
I knew those characters. I knew that the doctor changed. I've seen like little figures of, uh, I think at the time there were um, anniversary set, but there were like the little, almost like Lego style bricks that they had up until like maybe the eighth doctor or something. I remember seeing all those. And then at one point, Annika, my partner in crime, her brother was watching Doctor Who uh, in his room. And I was interested in it, like, what's this? He's like, it's Doctor Who. And at the time, um, one of my friends, it was recent to when Elizabeth Sladen died. Um, mm. So it was like fresh in my mind. It was like, oh, like I've been meaning to get uh, into this, but I had nowhere to watch it. And he had told me that was on Netflix at the time. So I ended up watching a couple episodes with him and I was interested. Funny enough, Monica came in. It's like, what are you guys watching? And it's like, it's Doctor Who. And it looked cheesy as hell. She's like, this looks stupid. And she walks out. <laughs> Flash forward to now, she's addicted to the show and it's like our lives, but yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. Um, so uh, I ended up going to watch it and he warned me. I forget if it was him or one of my other friends, but I was warned, oh, you know, if you start from nine, it's going to be a little rough. I'm like, no, I'm going to do it from the beginning. Not the beginning, beginning, but, you know, right. new who beginning. Yeah. So I just pounded through it, uh, got all the way up to Matt Smith's run. I forget. It was during Matt Smith's run. I forget which season. It, it was probably his last season. And I've been watching it ever since and been doing I have a number of all those. That Tower of Pops is nothing yes. but Doctor Who, except for like <laughs> some Overwatch ones in front of it. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, kind of taken over. So uh, if you haven't, if you've been thinking of getting into Doctor Who, um, and you want to get into Doctor Who, I'm going to tell you right now: don't do it. It's, you're gonna you're gonna spend a lot of money on this stuff. Go run! I'm no, just kidding. It's a great show. I love it. The community's wonderful. It's it's been a great experience ever since I've been involved in this fandom. <laughs> do you remember like what once you started like watching from the beginning? Do you remember like what? like hooked you like what made you be like oh yeah i'm definitely gonna keep watching it at all um stubbornness determination i don't know <laughs> i was like i'm gonna get like into this no um i wanted to get i wanted to understand the show so i knew mm -hmm. like ninth doctor i love eccleson like I, he was one of my favorite doctors but it was rough because you you start off with gosh Trash the, the mickey Trash, yeah, P -p -p pizza, pizza. <laughs> Antons. I was yes. trying to think of the, the living, the living plastic. Yeah. I was trying to think of their name, which that wasn't bad. The effects were weren't the greatest, but that wasn't a bad episode. But then you get into the Slitheen when they're farting and they have zippers <laughs> on their forehead, yeah. and you're just sitting there questioning, like, how really? does this show get to yeah. where where I saw the tenth Doctor doing that one thing? Like, this doesn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So it is a rough ride, but it is worth it because of the storytelling that happens and the character evolution and the connections that you get with these characters along the way. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I wanted to get, I wanted to understand <laughs> it. So, and I was told it was going to be cheesy. So I knew up front and I made it through and here I am. Yeah. <laughs> How about yeah, I, you? I think it was part the speech that he has in the first episode about, you know, we're clinging to the skin of this tiny little planet, you know, traveling around the sun at however many miles an hour. Um, oh, Eccleston and Rose. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like that really, I was like, Oh, like this is a really cool character. But then also with 
with my sense of humor. Let us mourn her with a traditional earth ballad and then playing toxic. (laughs) I was like, I'm in. I'm like, this is great. (laughs) Like that was just exactly my sense of humor. I always tell people it's so funny because like I definitely have my dad's sense of humor and my mom's love of musicals. And so like there are some musicals that I know neither one of them will see with me because my dad hates musicals and my mom hates stupid you know, like stupid comedy. And like, I really want to go Kennedy center. I'm not anywhere near it, but, and I also can't get the week off of work, but like Kennedy center is doing, um, spam a lot and I would love to go see it, but I know neither one of them would be interested, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, yeah. The, 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 you know, let us mourn her. This is, you know, this is an iPod and they wheel out a record, you know, a a jukebox. (laughs) I'm like, it's like, all right, yeah, okay, cool, I'm in. Because <laughs> also I'll tell people too, I'm like, because I think one of the things that I feel like was probably really challenging for them was only doing, I mean, for various reasons, they only had Chris Frackleson for one season and, you know, we could get all into that. But I remember sitting there watching The Regeneration for the first time, which I kind of knew was coming because I, had, again, I had seen the 11th Doctor episode or at least the first, like, five minutes of impossible astronaut maybe and so i kind of knew the general concepts but i didn't know it was coming that soon and i was kind of sitting there i'm like i don't know i'm like i want the other guy back come on you know but then he starts quoting the lion king and i'm like all right you're cool you can stay (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah just like i just the, the one of the things that i always tell people about doctor who is I love it so much because you can get such a wide variety of things from the show because it is time travel, space travel. You can get like almost any any genre out of this show from westerns and sci-fi and romance and horror, you know, and I and I that's one of the things that I love about it. I mean, and and I love the silliness, you know. I'm like every show, I'm like it it always irritates me when people complain about something silly happening in a TV show. I'm like you just learn to have fun. <laughs> you know? I I love some of the behind the scenes storytelling too and Mm -hmm. what i mean by this is eccleson i was thinking of uh of uh, the empty child Mm -hmm. moffat's first episode that he wrote for doctor who everybody lives and it was because the doctor's not used to that he's used to some type of casualty some type of failure the universe being against him but just that once everybody lives and then come around to moffat's final episode with twice upon a time where you have that war going on but then just this once everybody lives it comes full circle and i just i don't know just something about that was kind of i don't know if he did that on purpose or not, but it was kind of a really nice closure to his involvement in the show. Like, for some reason, apparently people don't really like The Beast Below, but one of the times when I was rewatching it, it struck me how much of Moffat's, like, thought as to what Doctor Who should be is in The Beast Below. Which um, one was that? Was that the... Uh... That was, like, the first, like, space adventure that he took with Amy, the one with the star whale and the city. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. UK. Yeah. Like, especially the the line that Amy has about, you know, I forget exactly what it is, but something like, so so this is the, the rule that you have. You never get involved in people's or planets or things unless there's children crying. 
and just I'm like that's such a nice encapsulation of the show. I'm just it, I could write an essay on how I'm like Beast <laughs> Below like has the blueprint for like everything in Stephen Moffat's you know <laughs> thing, especially when you factor in the whole you know Queen Liz Ten getting her mind wiped every few years, but you know. <laughs> Well, it also showed that episode. I, I didn't have anything against that episode. I actually kind of kind of liked that episode. Yeah, some people don't like. I'm like, but it's a good episode. I don't know. Whatever. It is good, <laughs> but it also showed where the the doctor is flawed. Like, how mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, no, matter how much you notice things. There's something you you can always overthink things or or just see things from the incorrect angle, and that's what the companions are for. And it was helped to it helped to remind the doctor that's. Not why I have companions around. Well, he always needs to be reminded why he has companions around, I guess. Yeah. But that's why I should say they actually why why they need companions around because um, they need to be grounded. They they they're not human. Sometimes they lose that touch every so often and need to be brought back by whether it's donna saying oi spaceman or yeah. or, <laughs> or amy yeah just uh or just uh freaking uh martha putting the doctor in their place <laughs> man i i really hope we see martha on the tv again one of these days because she is great i i'm really bad i was so looking forward to her big finish thing and i haven't listened to it yet even though it's been out for like two years um but yeah i love martha she's so cool <laughs> Yeah, I know there was um, the little the controversy, like off offset, not offset, but like with Noel Clark and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I, at the end of the Thirteenth Doctor's run, when they had that little group, mm-hmm. ideally it would have been cool to see like Martha and Mickey there too. Yeah, ideally. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, I know. Um, one little thing that I saw is. I, I don't know if it ever got like officially confirmed, but I know like the kind of fan thought is that the empty chair is there for Sarah Jane, which makes me Aww. cry every time. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so funny how like the littlest, tiniest things in the show can just be like so heartbreaking <laughs> or like when stuff gets recontextualized, like, like one of my things that I will do, like one of the things that I did after um, River's last episode came out, The Husbands of River Song, is I went back and rewatched um, Silence in Library Forest of the Dead. And it's just like, I don't know how much of it was planned, like how much he actually knew, how much Moffat knew he was going to take with the direction of River. Because at that point, he knew he was going to be the next showrunner. So he could kind of, you know, put stuff in place in this episode. But just like the amount of just parallels and like little things like there's even a moment which it, it you know there's no way that on earth that they planned this because they hadn't cat Matt, cast matt smith uh, you know let alone put together his his outfit yet but there's like a little moment that just like river reaches out and like touches him you know like right where his bow tie would be and I'm like, <laughs> like completely <laughs> unintentional i'm sure because again they hadn't even gotten that far yet but it's just like it's such a good show there are it definitely has its moments where it's not very good, <laughs> but yeah. overall, I just love it. And cause people will be like, cause <laughs> one thing that I see is all the people who are like, how do you not have MCU burnout? I'm like, my favorite television show is 60 years old with multiple spinoffs, comics, books, full cast audio dramas. 
I like long form storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doctor Who is a little different also, at yeah. where, whereas it's constantly changing and evolving. Not just the storytelling, but the cast as well. You know, you have a, a doctor that doesn't do it for you. The doctor's going to change eventually. If you have right. a companion that doesn't do it for you, they're going to change eventually. And it's not that, um, not that you might not have anything specifically against that one, but maybe they just don't uh, connect with them personally. So it's just not your thing for the moment. And there's always going to be someone who doesn't feel a specific season where a number of other, other people are going to feel that specific season. And it's a, a trade-off. Like everyone can be involved in Doctor Who at some point in time because it is always changing and evolving. And it's just, it. I think it can, it does and can get a broad audience just because of that. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's not going to lie. That's kind of how I felt about the 13th Doctor run. I didn't hate it. I thought it was fine. I just, after watching Broadchurch, was like, how is this the same exact thing? But, I mean, especially after this year's Gallifrey one and going to the panel where uh, Chris Chibnall talked about his run for the show, I'm like, while I may not have exactly gotten or fully enjoyed what he did with his season all the time... He, could, he explained every, all the choices that he made super, super well. And, you know, he, it was clear that he had a clear vision for what he wanted to do with those seasons. And I applaud him for that. You know, it wasn't my my thing entirely. I never hated it. I was just, like, not as drawn to it as I was other seasons. But other yeah. people loved it. And that's great. And I love that, that, you know, like you said, everybody's got their own era of the show that they adore and that's great <laughs> especially yeah. with them doing books comics audios you can you're almost guaranteed to have more stories than just the televised stuff too <laughs> yeah and i connected deeply with uh the 12th doctor era mm -hmm. and that's where where i was stuck and then we got into the 13th doctor and it was like you said it was fine for me it was mm -hmm. fine but then and but that's how monica felt about the Capaldi era. She loved it, but it wasn't like her specific thing. But then we got into the 13th Doctor and then she was just all in where that's where we get like that shift of like, not everything is for everyone, but everything yeah. is for someone. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh my God, I loved that episode. It was great. And I was like, what'd you think? I was like, eh, it was okay. Yeah. She's like, really? And then we go back and forth and we just agree to disagree. But it was just not everything is for everyone. You can't please everyone too. You just have to have, you just have to have the understanding that not everything is for you, but something will be for you. Yeah. I feel like that's true for all fandoms. I mean, heck, that's what I keep saying about She-Hulk. Cause that's like been one of my favorite things in the Marvel cinematic universe recently is <laughs> She-Hulk. And then all, the, all these other people are like, Ugh. and I'm like, it's a comedy for yeah. starters. If you don't like it, that's fine. You don't have to be a jerk about it though. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, which is my thing is like all the like, I mean, this is going to get a little but like all the, the like not my doctor people. I'm like, just if you don't like it, don't watch it. Wait yeah. a couple years. And hey, guess what? We're even getting David Tennant and, Kath and Catherine Tate back, which I am very excited for. But <laughs> I am on the other side of the spectrum on that. I mean, nothing against David Tennant. I loved yeah. him as 10th Doctor. I, I don't know. Well, we could go into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could. I mean, you know, I. I totally get that where, you know, I, I forget if it was you or somebody else was like, you know, or somebody on the panel said, you know, they were worried that it was going to set a precedent that like if I think that was me. the show was going to 
be in trouble. They were just going to start bringing David Tennant back every single time. No, no, not that. Uh, <laughs> what I would, what I was mentioning, I think uh, it was yeah. Gallifrey when we were doing all the photos outside, but uh, is the the fans because you mm-hmm. know how fans are, especially yes. ever since they bullied the Sonic movie to redo yeah. Sonic and stuff like that. Like, well, you guys brought Tenet back before, bring this doctor back, know, blah, blah. Yeah. I know they've already set, said it with uh, the curator that you're going to see a lot of familiar faces. So that's possible. I just, I felt like they were taking the safe route with bringing Tenet back and bringing uh, Catherine Tate back and bringing, uh, oh my God, Wilfred. I forget, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Bernard um, Cribbins, yeah. Yes. So it'll be his last TV uh, TV project. I know. Was the doctor who I was, was, I was sad I that he oh. passed, yeah. and I I almost cried when I saw him on set too, just before mm-hmm. he passed even because yeah. when that man cries, don't you ever fucking make that man cry. Sorry for cussing, because he's a treasure, yeah. and I can't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Every um, time that man cries, mm-hmm. holy shit. <laughs> There's a reason that's one of the most famous gifts from 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 the from the series is you know Wilfred crying. And oh my gosh! <laughs> I will be um, very interested to see if they make his last words uh, or make David Tennant's last words. I don't want to go again because <laughs> I feel like that's just going to become a running joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited. But I I do have a reasonable amount of trust in Russell T Davis that it's not just like, I mean, I mean, I'm sure part of it is a grab to get fans invested in the show again, who might've kind of wandered off either during Capaldi's era or during Jody's era. Well, the gaps in time ever since Matt Smith have been mm-hmm. difficult. Also, you that had, too. yeah, you know, seven, a breaks, uh, then the special and then seven B and then a break. And then, mm-hmm nothing for a while like there were so many breaks that even just naturally whether it was doctor like change of doctors or whatnot people just dwindled off because the the hype wasn't there Mm -hmm. to get into it when you have to wait so long exactly i'm sure you know i'm sure part of it is trying to get people back and invested in the show again but i do have a reasonable amount of confidence that they have a good story in place that they have some decent explanations in place i'm sure it won't be perfect explanation. <laughs> I'm very interested to see what those explanations are, uh, especially we'll get into it a little bit in, in kind of the new section that we're going to have of this, this podcast. Um, but from, because big finish, they said it, I, I went to their writer's panel at um, Gallifrey one, and they said that there have been times where they've been, you know, they have had, cause basically they have to provide summaries and an outline to the BBC to get stories approved because they are BBC licensed and they can't do anything that conflicts with the show. And so I'm very interested to see what the explanation in show is for David Tennant's face popping back up again as the doctor, because I know what the big finish explanation for their 60th anniversary stuff is. So that means that's not what they're doing in the show where big finish is like, Oh, there's, I guess he gets shot with the, degeneration gun or whatever you know and and so he starts going through previous faces so that's definitely not the explanation but yeah so it, and and also it's interesting you know i mean they are calling him the next doctor so i'm like he's the 14th doctor and judy got was the 15th doctor but also you know so i mean there's all sorts of stuff and i'm also i, I don't want to get my hopes up for anybody outside of david Tennant coming back but also with how much 
filming they did outside, I feel like there's a lot. And the fact that it's three episodes for the 60th anniversary special, I feel like there's a lot, you know, they're gonna not, the, the, hopefully they will be able to continue to keep secret, you know, compared to yeah. the first doctor coming back and Peter Capaldi's last episode, because they were filling outside and somebody's saw them. Um, so I'm very interested to see what happens. I am hopeful for some more surprises and I'm just, yeah, I, hopefully, hopefully the, the story reason for him coming back is good. Hopefully I'm, I, I do have a reasonable amount of trust that he's not doing it just for the nostalgia grab. Yeah, my original thought and my hope, which I think has already been debunked with the official numbering of mm-hmm. 14th and then them calling Shudi the 15th and like, ugh, was that someone was messing with the doctor. Mm-hmm. That they, in reality, they did regenerate, but were Shudi the entire time and just thought that they were tenant because someone was had some type of like illusion or was messing with the doctor's mind somehow. And that would have been i would have been cool with that and that would have been really interesting to me but i don't think they're going that route i think they're actually separating the the regenerations um because yeah. i also thought it was somewhat of an insult to shooty because they announced shooty as the doctor and then all of a sudden they regenerate into tenant yeah it's like uh, yeah i don't know yeah I no mean, offense maybe. to tenant like i said i, said, yeah. I love tenant but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't think they've officially called them any numbers in any of the press releases, um, just the next. So I'm sure, you know, it's it's Doctor Who. There's always some. So I mean, the, the, the kind of numbering system is kind of messed up anyway <laughs> between yeah, well, John Hurt and Joe Martin. Um, but, you know, the first um confirmation i had oddly enough uh was in the video game fall guys <laughs> yeah oh, that yeah. was the I first confirmation that in there because they put yes. the outfit in there and it was labeled the 14th doctor okay and i'm like okay that was the first label i actually I saw about that yeah. of, of the numbering like confirming the huh. numbering because it has to be licensed right yeah i forgot about that that's right and I, th- I think they've had posts here and there also, mm-hmm. um, but that was the first one that stuck out in my mind when I was like, well, yeah, I guess they called it right there in Fall Guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny for it to me but from like now on any like multi-doctor, you know, T-shirts or graphics is going to have David Tennant on there twice. Technically, you could be on there three times. Yeah. But or even four, depending on how you want to number things. But what would the fourth one be, Hand? Well, because, I mean, there's his <laughs> his Tenth Doctor. Yeah, the Ten meta. Two. Technically, the regeneration that created Ten Two was also, like, another Doctor, and now Fourteen. Oh, okay, I see <laughs> what you mean. Ish, how, depending on how you want to count. <laughs> yeah, I don't... When he stored the energy in the hand, you're talking about that? Yeah, yeah, because, okay. like, um, like, there's a website that I use when I'm making... Uh, gifts just to double check captions called um it, it, it just has the transcripts and my favorite thing is uh you know doctor who transcripts 10th doctor episode listings 10th and 14th or 11th and 12th and 16th doctor <laughs> <David Tennant. laughs> yeah so yeah it, it, it's i 
it'll be interesting to see if they keep, I mean, I'm sure the fans will always do numbering systems, um, but I'll be interested to see if Doctor Who continues to do numbering, especially with like the addition of Joe Martin and John Hurt and however many other doctors came before William Hartnell, technically now. Um, Kind of like, I didn't love the shift from companion to friend (laughs) of the doctor felt weird and forced to me um like I get it but also it was just like they were so determined to make friend of the doctor instead of companion happen that I was a little like (laughs) I don't know about it um but because also like like with the masters we never call it like the first master second master it's always like sim master gomez monster master crispy master (laughs) (laughs) well one thing uh with the friend doctor the friendly doctor that um that Monica mentioned to me that has stood out to me ever since when she was talking about how 13 was, was 12 had this evolution of trying to figure out if they're a good person and went from being closed off to everything to their last words saying to just be kind. Yeah. Um, And then 13 encapsulating everything that, 12 wanted to be at the end of their run like it kind of clicked on why 13 was the way they were and why they Mm -hmm. were so bubbly and friendly i would have liked to seen them lose their shit every so often (laughs) yeah (laughs) but but it explains why why they were so nice Jody needed a Waters of Mars episode because I because like one of the one of the things that I tell people is one of the reasons I was so excited to see and I, I, I again I liked her doctor I didn't dislike her doctor it was it, again it just didn't always click for me one of the scenes that I would point people to when I was telling them how excited I was to see Jody as, as the doctor where there is a scene at the <laughs> spoilers for Broadchurch if you haven't seen it but there's a scene at the end of the first season of Broadchurch where she is confronting the man that killed her son and it is just it is such a good scene it's you know she's they've they've brought is it joe yeah joe <laughs> it's been a while since i've watched Rogers because they took it <laughs> off netflix and i'm upset about it um but there's this you know they he gets or it was the no it was the second season sorry because the second season is the one with the trial but they they bring joe because he's been acquitted of the murder and they bring him to, you know, the beach house where he killed her son and they sit him down and he's like terrified. And she's just very like, you can tell that she's angry, but she's so calm and collected. And she's like, do you know how many knives are in here? I counted them while I was waiting for you. But she has this line where she's like, you never get to come back here, but we all get to live. We all still get to live our lives, but you go, you know, and, and between that being Jody's acting and that being triples writing, like. I wish that she had more of that stuff in Doctor Who. She had a little bit of it sometimes, but yeah, again, it would have been great to have an episode where she just completely lost it. Yeah. I think part of that was attributed to there being a lot of non-enemies in the show. And Mm -hmm. where I'm going to explain, elaborate on that was there were a lot of misunderstandings. Like the Pating was just hungry. The Lonely Assassin. Was it the Lonely Assassin? The, The Observers? They weren't assassins. They were just watching people and observing mm-hmm. them die. The spiders were just pissed that people were throwing trash in their thing. The kerblam, they were just reaching out for help as well. There were a lot of non-enemies through that run. So I don't think there were a lot of chances for the doctor to lose their shit also. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's that's true. So this is always a fun question. And I feel like people sometimes have answers and they sometimes don't. Do you have a favorite doctor? Is 12. Yeah. (laughs) I I can do an order, uh, which might surprise some people. (laughs) Well, I guess I have to add Jody in there now, too. Because my order was prior to Jody. Prior to Jody was... 12 10 9 11 and everyone's like how could you put matt smith last because i can't because <laughs> he is he's in the last place i'm sorry with jody in there i don't know if she'd be tied with matt smith or not she just wasn't the i didn't resonate with her because i like my broken yeah. doctors yes uh, which is why 12 <laughs> is a top of my is top tier for me and she was too friendly and put together so mm-hmm. that's why she's more at the the bottom same thing with matt smith the the one point with matt smith where i i actually sat back and like damn he's the doctor like it finally clicked for me was when Clara brought up Trenzalore and he broke down crying on the couch it was that far into his run where i was like all right, this man's a doctor. He's broken. (laughs) (laughs) How about yourself? Kind of pretty similar as I'll tell people, you know, 12 is my favorite doctor, especially because I was the first doctor that I watched kind of like as all the episodes went out, everybody else, like I I just binge watched, you know, apart from Matt Smith's last season. And I always tell people, so my favorite is 12, very closely followed by 10 because I love David Tennant as an actor. I will watch almost anything with him in it. I Good Omens is a little bit of an ick for me, but like I watched like a really awful rom-com called The Decoy Bride for him kind of thing. It's really bad, but it, and I don't watch rom-coms usually, but I will watch it for certain actors, including Andrew Garfield, which after hearing some of the details of the movie that he's filming right now, I think that might not be a rom-com. I think that might just be a straight up drama. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but just kind of everybody else kind of shifts around depending on what, I'm in the mood for, I guess, like what stories I want to listen to. Nine is definitely getting closer to the front of the pack, especially with the big finish stuff that they've done with him. I haven't listened to all of them, but like there's an episode that they did with the ninth doctor and the brigadier, which was just so good. (laughs) It's so special. (laughs) Even though I haven't watched a lot of episodes with the brigadier, like I, I, I know what that character means to the doctor and it was just such a good episode. And I was like, Oh, you know, but yeah, 12 and 10 are, are two of my favorites, which is, you know, part of the reason why I'm very excited for the 60th anniversary. I'm very excited to to see Donna Noble come back, too, because I felt like what Stephen Moffat did with Clara and the 12th Doctor was kind of his answer to what RTD did with the 10th Doctor and Donna. And now RTD gets to, like, you know, be like, have, have another take on, on, on that relationship and the, the mind wipe and everything. And so I'm excited to see where that goes. I'm very excited. Do you have a favorite companion? Here's where things kind of get fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go by, I'll go by companion and season because they mm-hmm. go hand in hand. Yeah. Originally my favorite season was series four mm-hmm. with Donna and Donna mm-hmm the most important woman in the universe or I forgot exactly what her, what her thing was. That was my favorite season. I loved Mm -hmm. Donna. I loved how everything in that season was put together. And then, then Clara came around, but not Clara with 11. Oswin was terrific and I loved Oswin, but Clara with 11 was eh, for me. But then 12 came along with Clara 
and and that's where it got good for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, specifically the uh, the series nine. I, mm-hmm. I liked the evolution of Clara and the Doctor, and then her turning into and thinking of being like the Doctor, and seeing where that takes someone and the road that that can go to, and the effect that that has on the Doctor also. I just love I loved that season. So it's it's really I think I have Clara up higher, but it also depends on the mood I'm in. If I'm want to like if, if I'm feeling season four more like her and Don are like right head and head. Yeah. Yeah. So Clara is definitely probably one of the companions I identify with the most, mostly because she's an angry crier. <laughs> Like, I had never felt more seen as a person in Doctor Who than when she is yelling at the Doctor in deep breath and crying at the same time. I'm like, oh, there I am. (laughs) There I am. Oh, like, this is one of the things that I hate the most about myself is I I am an angry crier and it it sucks because nobody will take me seriously when I'm angry. Um, So, yeah, Clara is definitely one of my favorites. Um. Rose, I really love. I've especially loved what Big Finish have done with uh, her. They have a series uh, with Rose. They've got a they've got a like three stories with her in the Tenth Doctor and Rose, which are which are fun. Um, but they have a series with her that it, it takes place around season four, where she is going and looking for the Doctor in different parallels, and like it is so much fun to like see the different takes that they that they that the writers have um, with different parallel worlds. <laughs> like there's one. <laughs> There's one where um, she goes to a parallel London and she's, you know, she meets this guy and she's like, oh, he's cute and, you know, whatever. And then he, like, takes her home because uh, she's, you know, trying to get some information about the world. And she realizes that this guy is her parallel universe. So. Oh. Yeah, I'm like, oh, whoops. <laughs> um, see, I love Clara. I love Rose. I love all of them, really. Donna is very much a favorite. If River counts as a companion, which I think you could, you know, she's, she is like, I, she's, she's kind of her own main character, I think, kind of thing. Um, but I, I love River Song's story, again, especially with the stuff that they've done with her in Big Finish. Um, like the only, apart from like some clearance CDs, the only physical Big Finish release that I've ever gotten is the 10th Doctor and River Song box set. <laughs> because I had been waiting years and years for them to do it. I hate that it took a pandemic that shut the world down for them to finally be able to do it <laughs> because they are both very busy actors, but yeah. it's, it's, it actually, I have a shadow box that my piece of the carpet from the Marriott sits in. And then the 10th doctor and river song box that sits on top of that, <laughs> which is a very doctor, a very niche doctor who thing. But um, yeah, the, old carpet at the Aliax Marriott, which is where Gallifrey One is held, was dearly beloved by Doctor Who fans at that convention, and people still make outfits out of the fabric that looks like that carpet, even though it's it's ugly, but it is lovable. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, it, it is. It's a weird um, obsession. If, if you know of Dragon Con and yeah. that carpet, it's that level iconic to Whovians. Um, yeah. and they, when they replaced the carpet, they, uh, for charity sold off sections of the carpet yep. and, uh, 
some of us uh, like uh, Elizabeth and myself <laughs> own pieces of the carpet. Yeah. It was 20 bucks. It went towards charity. That's how I much it was. Of it on my wall. I think I it forgot. was. I think it was 20 bucks. Cause it was, I, I mean, cause they, they had like, the, I mean, it. it was so either I've, 20 I've or 40 bucks. It was either 20 or 40 bucks. I forget how much it was, but you know, it's, it's like a little square, but then they had like bigger squares that they did a, a an auction for. Oh, yeah, um, and no, somebody just won, had like wound the, up winning two. The one by one, <laughs> yeah. I think. Or yeah. I think it was like about foot by a foot. Yeah, about. Yeah, mine's like cut a little crooked and it bugs me a little bit, but I don't want to. I know how messy carpet is to cut, so I'm just leaving it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and 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 then too, like I also have big finish companions that I really adore, which is even more niche than, <laughs> than some other stuff. Um there's Narvin who is this so they have the CIA and Doctor Who but it's the Celestial and the Celestial Intervention Agency which is okay. a, a branch of Gallifrey that you know they essentially are like you know we because the official Time Lord stance is we don't get involved but the CIA is like sometimes we get involved kind of thing and he he's a really fun character um, I haven't listened to a lot of the stuff that he's in because he's mostly in Iris Wildthyme stuff, but it's Iris, I forget. He's in some other stuff other than Gallifrey that I've listened to, but there's Irving Braxiatel, who is the doctor's brother that I really love, and I would love mm. to have him in the show <laughs> really badly. <laughs> um, and then I haven't watched all of her episodes, but I I love Romana from the Gallifrey, you know, because she's in the Gallifrey series, and I've actually never, I have yet to actually sit down and watch an episode with Leela in it, but I love Leela from the audios. Okay. She is a really cool character and I love her a lot, but it bugs me when I listen to the, um, some of the, some of the earlier Gallifrey stuff, they really like to call Leela Savage a lot and it bugs me, <laughs> but she is such a cool character. Even if I haven't watched any of her TV episodes yet, but I yeah, just, classic I, I, was difficult to watch for yeah. a long while. Even yeah. when Who was on Netflix, I remember binging some of the classic episodes, but they were only like season one was just the Aztec was only the right. Aztec arc for yeah. the first Doctor, and I forget which arc it was for each Doctor. But I remember getting up to like fifth Doctor, I think, mm -hmm. before they took it off in classics. But it was literally only like one or two arcs, and not their full seasons. Yeah, um, they're all on BritBox now, um, which, again, I, I have a feeling that once the contracts with BritBox is up and once the contract with HBO Max or Max is up, um, <laughs> that they will probably wind up on Disney+. Plus. I think they just have to see those contracts out for however long they are. Um, but it, hopefully in the near future, we will have everything on one service. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah, it would be nice. <laughs> Especially because, like, I think that I don't think the Ape Doctor movie is streaming anywhere. It's kind of in that weird, like, limbo. I haven't watched that in a long time, so yeah. I haven't checked. Because it's, it's kind of in one of those weird, like, limbo things. Because it's not quite classic Who, but it's not new Who. And it's also, like, produced by Fox. So, like, I think the kind of running joke is that the Ape Doctor's been an official Disney princess longer than the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Prancing around with no shoes on. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, that that movie is is it's it's it's, it's something. I don't remember. <laughs> like did he ever get shoes? I don't remember. He did because there's a line. Okay. These shoes they fit perfectly, and he runs off, and Grace is just like, "What the heck?" <laughs> okay, I was like, I think I remembered him outside in like the grass or something, running mm-hmm. around barefoot, and then. But it's been a long time since I've yeah. seen it. Yeah, and they no, did that's... the seventh Doctor dirty as hell too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was he just steps out and gets shot, and it's like what. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's my fear of America canizing. Americanizing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. For Doctor Who. Don't yeah, do so that, I, Disney. So Please I, don't was, do that. It was filmed in Canada, I think. So, you know, whatever. But yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you have a favorite episode? I am going to default to um, Heaven Sent. Mm. That is a very good one. Yeah, that like last kind of three episode run of that season is like one of the best blocks of television, I feel like, ever. And a lot of people didn't like Hellbent, apparently. Um, yeah. yeah, well, uh, that's I, I've, I hear mixed things on it. Like, yeah. I guess they didn't. They thought it was a letdown, or they were just mm-hmm. upset for whatever reason. I don't know. I enjoyed it, but um, yeah, Heaven Sent was was top tier. Yeah. How about you? Um, I always tell people that I am contractually obliged to say Day of the Doctor because that is what I told David Tennant, Matt Smith, and Alex Kingston. <laughs> um, now, what's your real answer? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, it is genuinely one of my favorite episodes. I just, my, I have like, I mean, so like for backstory, because I will tell this story to anybody who will ever listen because it was like the best experience I've ever had at a con in my life. Um, <laughs> but basically what happened, so all three of them were at New York Comic Con one year. They had a panel for all three of them. It was a little annoying because you had to pay extra to go to this panel. Okay. So I bought a really, really cheap seat, but then of course they had a Q and A. And so I went down and I like sat in line. And so I had like a, a closer view. Cause I was going to ask about big finish stuff. Cause that's who I am as a person. Um, but so they did the Q and A, but then because they knew that people had paid extra, they weren't, they didn't just do a Q and A the entire time. They were like, Oh, they did some like games. And then they're like, Oh, we're going to have you guys come up and we're going to ask you guys questions kind of thing. And, you know, they started with just like random people. And then they were like, oh, let's have Rose cosplayers come up. Let's have, you know, Amy cosplayers come up. And Alex Kingston was like, can we have River Song cosplayers come up? And I like raised my hand and she's like, yeah, you. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I get up on stage and, and they're like, oh, we're going to ask you guys the questions that we get asked all the time. And one of them was, what's your favorite episode? And I, 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 I said Day of the Doctor. And David Tennant has gorgeous eyes when they're this close to you. <laughs> <laughs> I had a moment. <laughs> oh, and that was that the that that was also like the year that Alex Kingston was supposed to come to Gallifrey one like a few months after, but then she couldn't because it snowed in New York City a ton, and she was filming. And I keep waiting for her to come to Gallifrey one because I want to thank her <laughs> for calling you up for calling me up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I said Day of the Doctor, but like what I always tell people. So Day of the Thank Doctor you for is my favorite. Me up and let me look into Tenant's eyes. It's very nice. It's my favorite picture of myself because I'm just like, oh. 
<laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, Day of the Doctor yeah. is like my favorite um, not season-ending special. Um, Force of the Dead, or uh, Science and Library Force of the Dead is my favorite non-season finale two-parter. Heaven Sent and Hellbent is my favorite two-parter season finale. <laughs> um, Husbands of River Song is my favorite Christmas special or festive season special, whatever they want to call them. Um, and I could probably do more categories, but that's kind of the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas yeah, special. Like, I have to say Day of the Doctor because that's what I told two doctors in River Song. <laughs> um, shoot, what was the name of it? My favorite Christmas special is a shark episode. Oh, uh, Christmas Carol. Yes. Mm-hmm. Simple answer. Simple yes. title. I don't know why I couldn't think of it. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's my my favorite Christmas special. It's a good one. Yeah. So I, I love because River Song is one of my favorite characters in Doctor Who. Husbands of River Song is like one of my favorites, and <laughs> River Song's just so cool. I wish they would give her a televised spinoff and just like adapt some of the big finish stuff that they've done because they have done some phenomenal stuff with her. Like, there's a whole box set about like her siblings. And that's one great. thing that might be possible with Disney Plus, um, mm-hmm. with Disney going into it. If Disney would yeah. like to take any notes, uh, spinoffs would be a great idea. Just heads up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I might have um, heard some stuff, possibly. Yeah, like I, there's definitely some big finish stuff that I would love to see them adapt to do. Um, like one of the when I did um, some interviews with some big finish writers at Gallifrey One this year, I asked them, you know, hey, if you could take one Doctor Who character and one Disney character or Disney family of characters, because they own a bunch of stuff now, um, who would you do? I know Matt Fitton said that he wanted uh, the Eighth Doctor and the Mandalorian to meet. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yep, sure, let's get on that. <laughs> that would be fun. Like, I just, oh, I'm was... like, I want a unit televised spinoff with Kate and Osgood, and it, oh, I can't remember his character's name now. He played an astronaut in one of Jody's episodes, but he's like a unit guy in the audios. And it was weird sitting there listening to the voice. I'm like, you are not the guy whose voice that I think of when I hear your voice. Um, unit spinoff would be fun. I would love for Martha to have a spinoff. I want a Gallifrey spinoff so badly. Cause I just want more period people to know those characters. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, a lot of it, they couldn't like just do a straight up adaptation because writing for audio is very different from writing for television. But uh, just there are so many spinoffs as evidenced so by big finish yeah. that they could do they could do most anything especially with actors that you know are ready and willing to come back i would love i know that she's doing an audio series but i would love to have a little like mini series of joe martin's doctor on the tv oh, yeah. i don't think any of these phenomenal. would be long form they would no. there would be like either either like maybe a couple seasons or even like just a six part one off or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's, they got Disney money now. They can do <laughs> whatever. I wonder if they're going to use the volume like they do for Mandalorian. That'll be fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's all sorts of spinoffs they could do. That should definitely be an, ep- an episode where we just talk about possible spinoffs, spin-offs that we want to see. Yeah. <laughs> we were both huge Doctor Who fans. Um, I think we met going to Gallifrey one for sure. We definitely we met in person at Gallifrey yeah. one for the first time. I think I probably followed um, you online before then. But I think, yeah. yeah, we think we had online presence prior to that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Gallifrey one is like, if I, I, I always tell every single Dr. Who fan I meet, I'm like, I know it's not always possible for everybody to make it out to LA, but I'm like, if you ever get a chance to go to Gallifrey one, go. Cause it is just so much fun. <laughs> now to, to explain that for anyone who doesn't know, because apparently there are a number of Whovians who have never heard of Gallifrey one. Gallifrey one is a yearly doctor who convention specifically for doctor who by people who love doctor who, and they uh, have panels about doctor who they have, uh, they used to have a cosplay contest, but now it's a, uh, they have a masquerade, the fashion show. Yeah. <laughs> the fashion show yeah. Uh, they have voice actors, people who worked on the show. Sometimes some of the doctors, the, the guests depend on what's going on that year and so forth, uh, but happens every year in Los Angeles, California. Uh, if you ever have a chance, I do recommend coming down. It is great. People from around the world come to it. It's a wonderful experience. It's my favorite convention experience, and I would like it to be yours, too. Yeah. That's all I got to say. <laughs> speaking as somebody who lives in you know the part of the United States that gets winter <laughs> mostly <laughs> most of the time um it is i the fact that it's like in the middle of february and i get a nice little break like even if it is like this year it was a little on the chilly side <laughs> especially after the weekend but it's always like a really nice break from the winter weather if you were from anywhere in the world that gets winter <laughs> in february <laughs> yeah personally i liked the cold over here I'm from California. I liked right, it over yeah. here because then I have a chance to wear these nice coats mm -hmm. that are very cold weather appropriate. Yeah. I mean, this weekend, it was it was like, what, like 60s-ish, 70s-ish over the weekend. It was mostly, I'm mostly thinking about how the fact it was like mid-40s when I was in Disneyland a few days after. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that was a little unpleasant, especially waiting for some of the nighttime shows, but... Yeah. Did I tell you that I actually got, I, I wore one of my Romana costumes to Disneyland. I think I saw um, that post. Yeah. I after, think you it. Yeah. And, and I was, I was getting pins in Avengers campus and this, the, the cast member looked at me up and down and was like, does the name Romana mean anything to you? And I was like, yes. <laughs> That's all you need is just one validation to make your day. Yes, I know. Cause I had a lot of people saying, Oh, I love your Disney bound, but I'm like, Based, especially based on like the poses that the cast member who was doing the pictures in Avengers Campus had me do, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure everybody thought I was supposed to be Scarlet Witch because they were like, oh, do your hands like this. And they, yeah, I've got a little oh, yeah. magic shot with the red ball. And I'm like, like, I didn't want to like burst anybody's bubble, <laughs> especially, but I was like, that validation from that cast member who was actually at Gallifrey One as well, which I thought was really great. So I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I will hopefully I can get away with wearing Doctor Who costumes at Disney for a little bit longer with the whole uh, Disney Plus thing now. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if that's going to become an issue or not. Well, we'll see how how much of an overlap that is. Yeah. Um, I guess we could talk about uh, about that the not yeah. Disney acquisition but the Disney partnership of bringing yeah. Doctor Who to like Disney a, Plus and it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I, I feel like it it might be a prelude to them possibly acquiring it um because that kind of seems like what they do because like they, they partnered with uh jim henson company for a long time they partnered with lucasfilm for a long time before buying the muppets before buying star wars um pixar, but, <laughs> pixar too yeah yeah though yeah yeah pixar as well yeah i, I know everybody always forgets that pixar 
hasn't been a Disney company the entire time. They just distributed their movies at the first and then got bought by them. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it's, it's, it's exciting. I do see where some people are a little nervous. Like one thing that I'm kind of like is like, I think I said this, I was on a panel at Gallifrey one talking about the RTD era. And it was funny because Sean, the, the director of um, Gallifrey one Thursday night of Galley, they have the, the ice cream social. And he's like, Oh, by the way, people from Disney are here. So, you know, <laughs> behave yourselves. <laughs> and one thing I said on the panel was like, you know, guessing that maybe some Disney people were in the room. And I was like, please just, you know, let Gallifrey one still happen. Let all the fan stuff happen, you know? Um, but I'm just mostly excited because it means it mean to me and me because Doctor Who, especially in the States has kind of, like, I feel like it was really popular when it was on Netflix because a lot of people, most people, especially at the time now, you know, there's a bajillion streaming services, but most people had Netflix. And I feel yes. like that's when it was really popular in the States. And, but then it kind of spent a couple years jumping around from service to service. Like classic who was on Hulu for a long time. And now it's on BritBox. Um, Doctor Who was on Netflix and then it was on Amazon prime. And then it was on HBO max. Um, I'm sure, yeah, I'm, I'm sure like the older episodes probably won't wind up on Disney plus right away. I'm sure they have to see out those contracts. Um, but it's just going to be exciting to have the show have a wider audience again, like have, have it be more accessible to people again. Cause there's some people who like just genuinely, you know, who used to be in the show, but genuinely don't know where to watch it anymore, especially if they don't have cable. Or it's um, just hard to keep up with uh, people yeah. getting new into it because of, like, not everyone has those streaming services and so forth. Yeah, I mean, especially because I had some people who got into Doctor Who when it was on Amazon Prime, but the way Amazon Prime had it set up, like, the Christmas specials would be separate from the list of the seasons. Like, Day yeah. of the Doctor was its own listing. It was included with Prime, but if you didn't know the order that the episodes were supposed to go in, you were going to completely miss that and Matt Smith's last episode because I think the way they had it set up it was like you know it it you know it was Matt Smith's last episode was the last one in their kind of like you know how they had the seasons listed and then it just jumped right to Peter Capaldi's first episode with no context <laughs> in between I'm like yikes you know um yeah and I'm excited about that I mean Disney nerd that I am um when I was at Disneyland after Gallifrey won this year and I was watching Fantasmic, R.I.P. Murphy, is the dragon that <laughs> burns down. <laughs> I, I feel like you can only really laugh because nobody got hurt. Um, <laughs> thankfully. I laugh because of the <laughs> look that Mickey gave it, turned, yeah. nodded, and then peaced out. He didn't do peace, he but like, just like. <laughs> It's like, mm, that's not supposed to happen. Um, you know, so so Disney and Doctor Who nerd that I am when I was watching Fantasmic back in February at the end, you know, they they come out all on that on, on the Mark Twain riverboat and they're all, you know, doing their little dance, you know, and I was standing there thinking and I'm like, imagine Doctor Who characters on that boat, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if they would include Doctor Who in the parks in any near future. I'm sure it probably depends on how well it does on Disney plus, but yeah, like literally my, my first thought when I saw that is when I saw the news about the Disney plus, uh, 
partnership with Doctor Who was, oh my God, they can put Doctor Who in the Disney parks. And then my second thought was, oh, thank goodness, we can finally hopefully watch it at the same time and without commercial breaks. Yeah, those commercial breaks aren't (sighs) the best timed on any, uh, whether you're watching on BBC or actually it's through BBC anyway, because we watch it through uh, YouTube TV, I think, or one of the YouTube streaming services that's how we watch it live yeah uh yeah they not no (laughs) the the time they have bad timing for those breaks they do i mean because on the bbc they don't have commercial breaks so it's not written to commercial beats like american television is and so they just kind of shoehorn them in and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't (laughs) most of the time it doesn't (laughs) most of the time it doesn't yeah like i i one of the ones I always tell people about is I was watching Matt Smith's last episode and it, it, you know, it was the scene after, you know, he did the love from Gallifrey boys, you know, and it, and it fades out. And then the commercial that came up, I didn't know it was a commercial break yet because the commercial also started completely dark and like, it was some ad for like a vitamin company or something. And the commercial was like this woman opens the curtains and she's got like holes in her body. And I was like, oh my God, what happened to the doctor before realizing it was a commercial? So that kind of thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I mean, they haven't said anything for sure, but I am really hoping because Disney Plus does have the ability to live stream stuff. They've done like Dancing with the Stars has been on Disney Plus. They've done some live streams of different shows from parks on Disney plus. I'm hoping that means that the show, the episodes will premiere on Disney plus at the same time as they are airing in the UK. Cause that would be great. Cause I have, I hate having to stay off the internet for five hours to not get Dr. Who spoilers on Saturday or Sundays. Yeah. I I'm kind of on the opposite end where I do want the partnership because it does. I, I want it on Disney plus it does. <clears throat> I, I got into the show when it was on netflix so i was able to binge all the way up until uh when matt smith was going on um and having people have that experience of just being able to catch up is is nice but i want i have a fear that i don't want them to take it over i want it to just be run by the people who run it and just let them do their thing um maybe disney say here's an extra Here's some extra money. Throw a star in here somewhere, like here and there. Like that's fine, but I, I, I'm afraid of what it might become if they take it over because I don't want it to lose the the feel that it has over there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like as as much as I'm, you know, it's very exciting. Like Neil Patrick Harris is going to be in Doctor Who. Jonathan Groff is going to be in Doctor Who. There's a couple directors that have done some Star Wars stuff that I would love to see get a chance to work on Doctor Who. But, yeah, I, I don't want it to lose its Britishness, for lack of a better term, because it is yeah. that's kind of what makes the show charming. And, I mean, there's some people who will complain about, like, oh, they're going to have, like, better special effects, so that's going to make the show worse. I'm like, eh. I'm like... Yes and no. Yes and no. I mean... There's definitely sometimes in some shows where they rely on VFX a little too hard, but I'm like, as long as they keep the same actor, you know, the same kind of values and core stuff to the show, it's still going to be really silly. It's, it's, it's Doctor Who, you know? Um, I just hope that, you know, whatever happened, they'd never start taking it too seriously. (laughs) 
I guess. I mean, it is a drama, but it's also a silly sci-fi show about an alien in a time traveling ship that is supposed to be able to, you know, disguise itself, but it cannot. And going around time and space, seeing various silly aliens, you know, so it's exciting, but yeah, like you said, I hope that they don't change too much to try to make it something that it's not like just as much as I really want it to have a wider audience. I also don't want them to change too much to get a wider audience. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing that I thought would be funny to do is to like maybe kind of end the podcast with a random fact from a random page of the TARDIS wiki. So I am going to get a random TARDIS wiki page. Uh, apparently I got 2001 okay. production. So this is a Wikipedia article about, it says 2001 was a year in which a number of events important to the production of Doctor Who and its spinoffs occurred. How? <laughs> is that it? No, I mean, then it has like oh. different things that happened every year. <laughs> Just that like, cool. That was very informative. <laughs> All right, let's see if I can find something interesting. Yeah, okay. Well, let's see. In 2001, on the 26th and 27th of May, the Big Finish audio story Colditz was recorded at the Moat Studios, which I know just from being a fan is a episode of Doctor Who that David Tennant was in. He played a Nazi, but... <laughs> yeah, that's a seventh Doctor and Ace story and... Germany and David Tennant's in it. So that's cool. fun. I was hoping for something a little more fun than 2001 production. Uh, it's random. It's whatever. It's random. Regeneration's a lottery. Yeah. It even <laughs> says sonic screwdrivers can't create pages instantly. This article about a list is currently under construction. It's likely to be a bit messy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Um, my name is uh, again, Nathaniel or Nate or Doc in the Box on whatever social media. There's underscores in between the words sometimes. Sometimes there's not. Depends on what was available when I signed up for my accounts. There you um, go. Elizabeth, do you want to re, uh, redo yourself? Yeah, I'm Elizabeth, a.k.a. Lady of Time Cosplay. It's usually at L-O-T Cosplay most places. Um, mostly, I, I'm still on Twitter because I'm also a Tumblr kid at heart and I will be on Twitter until it combusts, um, much like Tumblr. Um, the Tumblr's still up and running. It's actually doing quite well these days. Um, they sell merch now, oh. which is fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, mostly if you follow me on social media, I, it will be some manner of me yelling about whatever my has piqued my interest lately. And right now that is Jedi Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars in general. Well, thank you all. This has been the yeah. Temple of Geek podcast, uh, Doctor Who review, where we're talking talking about uh, things that are Doctor Who going on at the time, or just uh, reliving our Whovian experiences. Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. You can find Temple of Geek at templeofgeek.com. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I don't think we have a Tumblr. We might have a Tumblr. I you don't do, know. You do, but I don't think it posts anything anymore. Because <laughs> I think the automation broke. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, basically, if you look up Temple of Geek, you will find us on various forms of social media. Thank you guys for coming along. Uh, we hope you care, uh, continue with us on this trip, and we'll see you next time. Yep. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>